HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. This week on Meat and 3, we're getting semantic to understand the deeper meaning behind some of the foods we love. First, we'll look at the big debate happening around the word milk. Who the hell are you to tell me what is the name of my product and my landscape and everything we've cared about when, you know, you don't have anything invested in except to put out a little money to buy it? <laughs> it's our entire life. Then we get the lowdown on the language of cider. So the first thing that's really confusing about dryness is that it has nothing to do with how something actually feels in your mouth. And finally, we get our fill of tiki talk. You don't walk into a tiki bar and be like, oh yeah, this is what Polynesia is probably like. Like, it's, it's supposed to be like fantasy and stuff. That's the hard part. It's so easy to do tiki bad, and that's where it gets a bad name. Tune into this week's episode of Meat and 3. That's M-E-A-T plus sign T-H-R-E-E. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey guys, it's Tuesday, April 16th, 2019. We're sitting here in the backyard of Roberta's Pizza, a heritageradionetwork.org. I'm Jimmy Carboni, the host. You know, a lot of us have been through uh, rough times. Uh, one thing that's great about the craft beer community is, is how it comes together. You know, talking about fires, some of you are aware of just yesterday, Notre Dame Church in Paris burned. It brought a lot of people from arts and culture uh, to, to, to come together, and uh, it's a tragedy. Um, many of you know about the Sierra Nevada, the Resilience Beer Project, um, after some big fires up in Boot County, California. But we had something happen recently very close to us here in New York State, South Glen Falls, uh, Common Roots Brewery, our good buddies, uh, Christian Weber and his family. Um, and there's a lot of rallying going on in the community. So this show is really kind of about the story of Common Roots Brewing, um, some of the support he's, that he's getting from the community, including uh, Big Alice Brewing in New York City. So we've got our guests here. You guys, introduce yourselves. Christian. Hey, I'm Christian from Common Roots. It's good to be here, Jimmy. Christian Weber, and we got... We got uh, John, uh, brewer over at Big Alice. John from Big Alice. So Christian, when I first met... We're going to give you the backstory, everybody. Uh, when I first met you... It was about 2014. Uh, you were getting shown around town with some Union beer reps, and you came into Jimmy's number 43. And I, you know, it was a good. That was something that was kind of special to me because I had. Uh, it was one of those staple spots in the city that I knew about, 
And when my father and I had kind of, uh, you know, sat back and dreamed of some of the different aspects of opening a brewery together, it was uh, getting a tour and and coming to some of the staples and obviously in the big city like New York. So that was a that was a cool moment. So let's let's take you back. So I know that you you had brewed before. You know, you were interested in it. Tell tell us how you got started as a brewer. I. Uh, Brewed when I was an undergrad in graduate school in New Hampshire, started home brewing and apprentice at a brewery, worked at a brewery, um, left the beer world after grad school and ran a nonprofit in Lake Placid. Uh, my father was a teacher and uh, he had retired right as I was maybe thinking that I wanted to go back to the beer industry. And um, we were actually on a biking, cycling kind of vacation with my, my father and mother. And uh, by the end of the trip, my mother had convinced my father and I to... Uh, Start our own brewery in Southlands Falls. Uh, well, we That's didn't know it was Southlands cool. Falls yet, but it was... She was like, get out of the house. And- <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> and it was cool. So, you know, my father and I, you know, he's a background. He's a, a horticulture and landscape design teacher at a vocational school. But uh, him and I did a lot of construction growing up together. So we bought this old building um, and rehabbed it. It was uh, built in uh, early 1900s and had a couple different additions that went on. And then we kind of made our own. So... Um, it definitely had, you know, I say had because it had some great juju in it and it, you know, it was definitely a sentimental piece and it was a cool building too. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it started a kind of a very interesting road that we've, we've gone down. So so it's South Glen Falls, New York. Yep. So So we're, we're right just, uh, so kind of in between Saratoga and and Lake George, I, I guess, for people that know the upstate New York community. Well, there's a lot going on up there now. I, I, I was, you know, when the fire was a few weeks ago, instantly I saw there were people rallying at Artisanal Brewing in Saratoga. Some guys we know, Scott Veltman from Indian Ladder Craft Brewery was up there. And John Kilty, um, Big Alice, you were up there as well. So tell us your involvement because you, you guys got some fundraising projects that you started. Yeah, so we were there. And we'll talk uh, more about Common Roots too. We were there uh, the night that it actually happened. We, uh, we checked into our hotel. Uh, we were supposed to collab with these guys the following morning. Uh, we got a couple text messages from some close friends, told us what was going on, and uh, our assistant brewer, Dom, and I kind of got over there as quick as we could to just kind of offer these guys whatever support we could, hung out for a little while, and then uh, immediately is when we got back to the hotel, just started brainstorming ways that we can come together and start rallying around these guys. And who were a couple of other breweries that were involved in you then? Uh, right off the bat, the two first names of the people that reached out to me were uh, Evan Watson of Plan B and Dan Bronson of Single Cut. And Single Cut now is it opening up in uh, Clifton Park, right? Yeah, so they're already opened in Clifton Park. Uh, they took over the Schmaltz facility. Uh, I'm not sure how many months ago, but uh, they're Single Cut North, and uh, they're brewing out of there as well. It's uh, their second uh, brick and mortar. Wow, so you guys have quite the community up there in that part of uh, New York State. You know, when we first met again, it was like you were being taken around town by union reps I, I ran into you one time at gold star beer counter which is one of my favorite beer bars in brooklyn that's great let's, let's reflect more on that you guys got started what were the first beers that you made and how did you ever end up with a new york city distributor well you know it was uh we started making kind of a maybe a bigger portfolio of beers uh but we we had some kind of standards ipas and some hop forward stuff but we, all, we also had a fair amount of sour beer as well and, and wild beer. We started a cool ship, a uh, spontaneous and wood program at the brewery kind of early on um, in our existence. And um, I got connected, you know, we kind of got down to New York City with really probably Mike Niclerio and, and Matt Leftowitz started coming up to the brewery to kind of chat. And, um, 
you know, it was still kind of a whirlwind at that point because we were selling a lot of beer at our tap room and, and kind of local distribution. But um, again, you know, the, the city's always been something that, you know, beer spots in the city have always, I've always known and always wanted to come down to. So it was, uh, it was fun to kind of have them kind of show us in and kind of help kind of show for us into the, the, the scene down here. And it, and it kind of became did a, great a, a job. nice home. They did a great job. If they was, brought, if they brought you in the door, then I knew it was good. <laughs> so, and John, how did you, how did you meet, uh, Christian? How did you guys start? You had a collaboration going on or planned at common roots. I'm trying to think of when we first met. I know, uh, Kyle, our owner, I think met you first. Uh, he takes like a, they call it the growler prowl. Uh, him and a couple of friends bike up and take a road trip together. And I think the first time the Big Alice kind of met up with you guys uh, was Kyle swinging through there. Um, and then I think the first time we linked up, I think it was at a beer festival in Rhode Island when we actually first talked and hung out and stuff like that and seen and hung out with these guys a few times since then. And I mean, we, we admire and respect what they do up there and we knew that they were a brewery we wanted to collab and work with. So, no, it, no it's definitely. I would, I would agree. I think it was Rhode Island, and you know, we'd see at maybe ex- Extreme Beer Fest, yeah. and it was we kept running each other at New England, kind of for whatever reason, New England beer events. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even well, though we're both from New York here, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's pretty wild that I mean, shit happens. You know, fires happen, and uh, it's amazing the the instant support you guys got from everybody. Um, just you know, blow by blow, what, what was one of the first things? So you were in the the brewery when the fire started yeah so you know it was it was kind of a it's a very haunting night you know and it's something i'll probably never forget and um you know we we, the 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 fire started we were able to get everyone out of the brewery safely which is really what matters you know no one was hurt during um the event of it no first responders or anyone um which is really all that matters at the end of the day you know as much as it was a you know still a, a still a horrifying event it uh at the end of the day you can always make another brewery and that's really all that matters um but yeah i mean i saw john that night you're probably the first person i hugged tell you the truth i think everyone was kind of giving me giving me some birth while we watched kind of watch my you know thing that i've been working for for the last five years kind of go up in flames and uh yeah it was good and then you know it immediately it didn't stop so that night was terrible and i'm not gonna you know sugarcoat that but something changed right after you know to see the community support that began you know literally from day one after the 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 building burned down was something i've never really experienced before and um i think we knew that we had a really good community around the brewery but i don't think we knew how big that community was and to see so many different people who have you know just helped us out to stepped up whether it was big or small or whatever it was and you know john was you know, immediately on the phone with me, you know, talk, texting, emailing afterwards. Um, so many craft breweries reached out from all over the country. California are, are calling us. And it's, um, you know, it became something that changed uh, for, for us. That was, you know, my father and I watched all our hard work. You know, it was something that I really thought that I would see my grandchildren walk around that space and point out what my dad and I did. And it's gone in an instant. You know, and one night the whole thing was burnt and it was it changed though because we realized that it had nothing to do with the brewery you know it's a it's such a different you know there's such a larger community and you know we can always build another brewery and you know it was the support network that's that we've now seen is just the most humbling experience i've ever really experienced i've never been on this side of a support you know situation like that 
And uh, I don't know if there's a there's not a word better than thank you. You know, I don't know how to thank you enough, John. You know, I don't know how to thank the whole industry, the you know beer community, the the whole community that's done everything enough. Like thank you isn't enough. And um, I've also just never been so humbled. Like just never expected something like this. And it's it's really helped. I mean, it really has helped out. I mean, not just from a you know helping us keep our entire staff on payroll and you know benefits and everything associated insurance, but from just a psychological sense to know that there's such a you know there's such a group that's still standing next to you that you know you can get through something like this because at the end of the day it's it doesn't really matter i mean it was a it was a building and that's all it was you know the, the common roots brand still exists the people that are about it still exist the community is still there you know we can always build another brewery and that doesn't you know it, it was a tough trust me there's still bad days <laughs> i still have to go in there pretty often and it's disgusting to walk around you know it's tough to look at but you know that'll pass and we'll still keep it going amen cheers to you man hell yeah <laughs> um well just everybody you know i think there's ways to help still they're going to be opening a temporary tasting room there's collaboration brews going and we're going to talk more about that on the show john um what was your your first thoughts i mean you were there when the fire was going on as well what, yeah. what went through your head we knew we were kind of walking into just a a very sensitive situation. I mean, there wasn't much we could do. We knew that. I mean, that's just... Our thought was if we could just stand with you guys in solidarity and just kind of show whatever support we could for you guys. And um, I mean, we know how hard you guys worked for that. And to sit there and kind of watch that happen and watch you guys watching was took us back and uh, immediately just kind of started to, to brainstorm and try and figure out what we could do, how we could rally and and uh, I know at first there wasn't a whole lot, but in talking with other brewers and stuff and seeing all the outreach and support and, and uh, general positive feedback on all kinds of people, uh, breweries that, uh, I mean, probably aren't even that close with you guys, just eager to help, eager to do something. Because at the end of the day, it could have happened to any of us. And uh, it's really cool to see, to see the outreach of everyone uh, eager to get involved. So, Cheers to you guys, man. All right. Cheers. Uh, let's just, on that note, let's just take a short break, and we'll be back in a minute on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Good start. Very, very, very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. 
Hey, hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio. And you know what? Roberta's Pizza is a great sponsor of Heritage Radio Network. And you know what? They have some really great beers on draft. So uh, usually there are some things like Hudson Valley Pills and and KCBCs and Interboroughs and a lot of really good stuff. And I think they'll probably have Common Roots Brewery on uh, pretty soon. But we've got uh, Christian Weber from Common Roots and John Keelty from Big Alice. Um, you know, there was a big fire at Common Roots Brewery upstate. But, uh, John, you guys, you brought people together with, with Evan from Plan B and some other guys. You made a really great collaboration that we're drinking. So tell us about the project and the beer. So this collaboration is actually the one that we brewed with these guys uh, from Common Roots at our place back in, I want to say, December now. Yeah, I think so. Uh, these guys came down, and we did a, we did a chocolate chili stout. So uh, we used the liquid cacao and... I want to say like five different peppers by the end Ooh. of it. So, uh, but yeah, nice chocolate, subtle heat on the back end. Uh, but yeah, this was the collab. We actually we brought these guys up a case when we came up. Didn't get a chance to give it to them then, so figured we'd bring it tonight. We well, it's good because I'm bringing it home with me because uh, <laughs> we've been all pretty anxious to get to drink it. You know, it's, it was delicious making it. Yeah. So that was cool. So you already had made this collaboration. Yeah. And you're just releasing it now. So we actually, we released this for uh, New York City Beer Week. Um, we had it for Beer Week. Uh, we released that and a couple other New York State-related collabs to kind of support that. Uh, but we're excited to share that with these guys today. We haven't had a chance to yet. so. Yeah, and I, I was joking before, but it, it, it tastes like you could almost put uh, hot stones in it or something. Oh, yeah. There was a big photo of uh, Evan from Plan B. He made a, a old-fashioned stone, Stein beer. Uh, what, what was that about? Yeah, so uh, the the week actually that uh, we were up in Glens Falls, uh, the plan was for Tuesday and Wednesday we were gonna do a cool shit beer at Common Roots, and then uh, Christian was gonna join myself and our other brewer. We were gonna head down to uh, Poughkeepsie, make a stop at Plan B, and brew that Stein beer with Evan. Uh, we didn't get to make it down there, but uh, looks like Evan did pretty well on his own. You know, there was a great picture with Evan and uh, Garrett Oliver. Oh yeah, putting the stone. But that's some of the, those are ancient beers that that I'm interested in. I mean, you guys are you, you, you're aging in wood. You're you're making wild beers. What do you? What's your take on you know old styles of beer, old old methods like putting hot stones into into beer like Stein beer? Well, I'll tell you, I was very excited to uh, to do that beer with Evan. He was he was pretty jazzed up about <laughs> making it, and uh, I'm happy to say I, I still think there's an opportunity to go down and 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 do it, but. He, uh, I think it's, I mean, we, we certainly like experimenting with, with new styles for sure. I mean, I think that's what's, what's fun about beer, but also like, you know, traditionally we've, you know, also enjoyed traditional styles, you know, and I think, you know, us running a, a cool ship, but still using it in different ways. Like even, you know, some of the thoughts that we had for the collab was, was doing some, some different, um, you know, some, some different things with it. And, and even with, we had KCBC up there last in the fall during the cool ship season and we you know we went to our kind of local farm to to pick some herbs the day of the brew to, to add to the cool ship i think there's always spins on something that's traditional but um yeah i think that would i mean evan's yeah it's evan's not, great <laughs> sounds like that's going to be down the road at some point i, I think we're going to revisit that it sounds like everyone's going to go to plan b just to make a stein beer that's it <laughs> <laughs> but what and what what were you what, what did you envision for the collaboration that that was cut short John. The one with Common Roots? Yeah. So what we had planned was uh, we were going to use their cool ship, and what we were going to do was a, a joint pitch uh, using uh, myself and our other brewer uh, over the last year have uh, propped up a culture of yeast that we uh, that we cultivated from uh, some wild figs in a backyard in Astoria. Uh, so we were going to bring that culture up with us and kind of combine it with their spontaneous program up there and 
put it into punch-ins and see what we got. And what would that translate to? Well, that'd be fun because, you know, it's, first of all, like, you know, using figs to, to culture yeast is a, is, yeah. is a, is a, a traditional method. Um, and also to kind of mix his culture with our culture. Use our cool ship to get our native yeast that's in, in a bacteria that's, you know, within our environment. Um, but also see what, what their culture does with it. You know, very similarly, um, we've, you know, as we've done more collabs with other breweries that have, you know, brought their yeast up or, or whatnot, especially using our cool ship, we've started to realize how much our water profile and, and other breweries' water profiles and their yeast actually play, you know, play a big factor um, going back to Evan, when Evan brought his, you know, we did a collab a year or so ago where he brought his barn beer culture up and, you know, used our cool ship as well. And it was interesting because it kind of tasted like his barn beer and our like kind of regular farmhouse beer we have called in bloom that ferments in one of our fooders. And, uh, it was like, as if you kind of basically mix them together. And the more we've kind of done that, it, it's a nice kind of experiment to see how you can kind of like what else can happen. So. Yeah. I think that was we were we still need to make that happen i know yeah yeah, yeah we, we were gonna bring the figgies to evans as well play with it there and then yep. uh, the only thing we have going on with it we have it in white wine barrels right now that we've let it sit for about eight months now we haven't pulled it yet and so we're still not really completely sure uh but it's uh we know what kind of strain of sack it is and um it's along the lines of like a saison dupont strain so we're just kind of exploring what we can do with it and play around with it and yeah and tell us how did, how did you figure this out that you could get yeast from this figs in Astoria? And we kept it real simple. We 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 started off with a homebrew method of just harvesting these figs, dropping them into some wort, and see what happens. And from there, just kind of started to take better care of it and grow it up. And uh, now we have it banked at a yeast lab where we can get a proper pitch of it whenever we'd like. Are there, are there other beers that you've made with it yet? Not yet. The first one we're looking at a potential release in June. Yeah. Wow. That's, That's why cool. Jimmy it was such a big ass deal, you know, to have uh, <laughs> to get this uh, you know, new yeast from him. The yeah. we all get to play with it, Evan and I, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, cheers to you guys, man. Cheers. I'm just happy that you guys are here and uh happy that you're look you know, very upbeat and um let's talk about some of the collaboration fundraising efforts that, that you guys have planned. I know you got a festival coming up, John, and uh this is called the Kindred Roots project right yeah so we've got two initiatives going right now so kindred roots started off um as a brewing initiative to raise funds remotely through our individual tap rooms uh we're looking at it in the same model as resilience ipa i know common roots brewed it um which was awesome and i mean we're we're trying to think of this as just trying to pay back that karma to those guys um but uh basically it's just breweries brewing or selling beers out of their own tap room with the intent of donating the proceeds to these guys to, to help the family and the employees. Uh, right now, it's us, Plan B, Destination Unknown, Indian Ladder, Flagship, and uh, some interest from other breweries as well. And it kind of it's just the freedom to kind of brew whatever you want. Call it that name, put it out there, give it that intent. Uh, for us, we did a pale ale uh, with 100% New York State hops that were very generously donated by uh, Cara and the team at a chimney bluffs hoppery and then uh we fermented it out with the norwegian norwegian kvek yeast uh to kind of add an, another element to it uh we actually start dry hopping it tomorrow and uh it'll be in kegs and on tap next week that's what i gotta get that's yeah. the one i gotta get <laughs> yeah so that'll be out next week i think we may do an event or two around the city with it 
Um, and then I know Dubco is going to be putting theirs out soon. Indian Ladder is brewing theirs, I think, this week. Evan at Plan B has plans for it. And then uh, Flagship's already got theirs on as well. So Wow. And there's a festival too, right, in May? Yeah, so Saturday, May 4th from 5 to 8 at Single Cut North in Clifton Park, New York. Uh, we're calling it the Rising from the Ashes Festival. Um, there's been a lot of alliteration toward the Phoenix Rising from the Ashes with these guys, and it was just kind of the the perfect symbol for all of this. And uh, so we're, we're using that kind of to, to, as the inspiration for the festival, but uh, over 25 New York State breweries coming together to pour. Um, all the net proceeds donated to the staff fund. Uh, we got food. There's going to be a music set by Evan. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great day. That's great, man. It's going to be a good party. Yeah. yeah and you're going to be there, right, Christian? No, oh, I wouldn't miss that. <laughs> May 4th. All right. Up in the Clifton. So not too far from Albany. If, you, if you're planning to go up that way and have a beer weekend, you got to go to this fest. It's the new single cut north. Brewery May 4th. And, and how can I find out more about this? Wh- which websites are the best sites to go to to learn about the festival, learn about your GoFundMe campaign for Common Roots? Festival-wise, uh, there's probably going to be a big social media blast by a lot of breweries starting tomorrow. Um, I know Big Alice, we've been pushing it for a while now, single cut the same. Uh, the tickets are, I believe it's on Beer Fest or Eventbrite. Uh, don't quote me on that, though. But... Uh, Follow uh, one of the local breweries. The Big Al's Uncommon Roots Brewery. Com- yeah, these website. guys are posting Absolutely. about it a lot. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And um, yeah, it's it's not too far from Albany. It's should be beautiful weather. There's a lot of hotels up there. Uh, it's going to be a great day. Let's talk about your region. You know, we'll put all this behind you. I know you guys absolutely. are going to reopen. Tell us some of the highlights of the region. I mean, just a few years ago, there people weren't really thinking about breweries up there. I know the Brown Brothers Brewery was based in Troy. They're kind of in your area. What else? Of, no, I mean, the there, there? Is, uh, there are some certainly some staple breweries that have been doing it for a while. Browns is one of them. C.H. Uh, Evans uh, is another in Albany. I mean, Adirondack, they've been doing stuff for, for you know, however many years they've been open. There's certainly staples in the region. But there's, just like every spot, you know, New York State is one of them that, that's had quite a few breweries pop up. There's a... Uh, there's quite a few now, and that, they're all doing awesome stuff. Uh, we kind of opened right around the same time. Maybe like Rare Form opened in, in Troy as well, another good Troy uh, person. And then there's uh, you know Unified open right in Clifton Park, right next to Malta, I guess, right next to Single Cut. Um, Artisanal opened maybe just a year before them, so Sorry, it's definitely totally. a, a growing, uh, certainly a growing beer scene, and um, just like everywhere, and, it, and it's you know it's it's what's awesome. It's what's awesome about this this industry you know and so fast forward you guys got um approved pretty fast so so tell us what you're doing you're opening a a temporary tasting room we we hit the ground running i suppose and some of that is because we do we need to figure stuff out we have quite a few people that work for us now um we wanted to we wanted to keep our brand out there we wanted to keep you know make sure we committed to keeping all you know employees on payroll and you know, they rely on us for healthcare and benefits and whatnot. And that's a that's a real thing. You know, community is really important to us, and um, we didn't want to disregard that. So we were able to uh, open or in the process of opening a, a smaller uh, project right about two blocks north. So we had a a, a three barrel pilot system uh, that was minimally damaged, and our partners at uh, Front Offer Design. Uh, 
you know, were able to kind of just make sure every retrofitted, make sure everything was kind of, I suppose, up up to par for us to brew on it. Um, par enough to bring it out to CBC, which was so it made, they made it look good again. But uh, we're going to be opening um, hopefully in about two weeks, and the state, the TTB, um, has been nothing but so you got a sweet amazing. Transfer so the location, or yeah, we kind of transfer license over. They helped us through that process. Um, there's obviously a lot of loopholes, but you know the conversation started with the state was, hey, we heard what happened. We're here to help. We're going to make this work, and a lot of that helped with you know Carrie Warner helped out quite a bit with that. Um, but honestly, the SLA was excellent. Um, Senator Gillibrand and uh, Senator Schumer also helped us out with the TTB, making sure that we were in front of the right people. And as soon as you know they heard about it, they were able to kind of transfer our license over um, with also the thought that we still have to bring it back to the brewery after it gets rebuilt. So it's, uh, you know, really the entire community is, has really come together. And it's, it, again, it's a thank you is not enough. But... Um, yeah, we're, we're excited. You know, we're kind of starting, you know, the worst is already over, right? The building already burned down. There's nothing else we can do about that. So <laughs> at this point now, all we can do is not look back and, and start rebuilding. So, you know, all the brewers and everyone's kind of excited about brewing on a three barrel. You know, they went from <laughs> having to brew 60 barrel batches to now they get to do three barrel batches. That, that brings <laughs> up some fun stuff. We have uh, our wild program. Uh, I'm really excited. Was actually not that affected. Our back warehouse was minimally damaged um, in terms of the infrastructure, but inside was actually was okay. So and that's what hosts our barrel program. Most of our food were punching. Uh, Got a little barrels. smoky flavors in there. Yeah, even that wasn't you too bad. <laughs> so we'll see, I guess. We're still testing barrels. But um, so I think, you know, one thing that we're kind of transitioning is, all right, we can make some, you know, we're not going to be canning. You know, there's going to be kind of draft only on our three-barrel making kind of clean culture beer. You'll but be focusing we, on selling out of the tap be, room. Yeah, but we can actually do a fair amount of bottling now. So we, we know we have to, uh, we have quite a few barrels that are, are ready to go. Um, there's probably 50 that we've already identified that are blendable and, and ready to start package. So we're going to kind of come out with a healthy, uh, over the next nine months, a healthy conditioning program and, and start releasing some bottles. Um our cool ship was unaffected, so we're coming into the spring cool ship season. We're going to run our cool ship uh, only about two blocks north of the original site, so that's good. That's great. So we're kind of making, um, you know, it's... So you're going to be, you gonna do, you're gonna be doing late hours, lots of brews. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Cranking and and it, it allows for us to do kind of, you know, everyone's excited now because at the end of the day, to run a fun three-barrel is going to be excellent. You know, yeah. we kind of do whatever we want. A lot of... Yeah, what would you... John, what would you make if, if you just... Only having a three-barrel system compared to what you have, what, what what are some things that you're going to make that you wouldn't make on a larger system? I was going to say, I'm surprised you guys aren't going to brew three barrels into the 60-barrel fermenters anymore. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Well, I mean, we might still have to do that. I don't know. <laughs> you guys will figure it out. I'm, I'm really proud of you guys. And I just asked a little more personal question. Um... What were you were in the office when the fire started? Sure. Tell us what what were some of the first things that you thought of of pulling out of the the fire to save. So you know, I initially uh, so we we had a vent malfunction and a vent that goes through a chase in the in the wall that goes through my personal office actually uh, came attached somehow and it was kind of a freak accident and. Uh, that's what started the fire. So the smoke actually came through my office wall. And when I initially saw the smoke, I mean, your, my heart kind of stopped and my stomach kind of 
sunk, but the first initial reaction was just to kind of go to, to yell down to the bartenders in a tap room to get everyone out of the building. I don't think at that point I really knew that the building was going to totally burn down. I saw smoke. I thought, I don't know what I thought. Um, so when I left the offices, kind of the mezzanine of the brewery that hosts that part of our uh, business, I uh, only thought to grab my computer. And in hindsight, I would have grabbed other stuff, to be honest with you. Uh, but once I got down and saw flames coming out of the wall, that's when things shifted gear. And I think I kind of realized that the this was, you know, the building was going to go completely up. And uh, the first thing I did was grab our blending tank. Well, actually, I should take that back. First thing I did was move the fork truck out of the brewery. Uh, just for some reason, that seemed like a safe thing to do. I don't know much about <laughs> fire and stuff, but I was like, oh, I should at least Gasoline move. tank. Gasoline, you know, I don't know, propane on. tank. I don't know. I moved that out uh, and then went in and started. We had just filled. Actually, we did a collaboration in the fall with KCBC, and uh, we had just moved one of their punch-in barrels over to our blending tank. And uh, I moved that to the back warehouse to fire, you know, everything was seemed to be happening in the front of the brewery. So um, I just started grabbing stuff that I thought and move it to the back or, or pull it out and uh, didn't l- really wasn't able to do too much before the fire department was there. And, uh, you know, kind of forcefully escorted me out of the the brewery <laughs> for your own safety sure yes, and sir. that was the right thing to do I, I, I don't know you know hindsight's 2020 i thought about that should i have grabbed you know my my mother is the unsung hero of our company and does so much of our you know does our bookkeeping and whatnot you know her computer is probably more valuable than my computer and uh, i probably should have grabbed her computer <laughs> and uh and there's other stuff too i mean there's there's things that we can't get back there was stuff that we had had in there that just you know it's gone now and i guess that's that's part of it though that's Hindsight's twenty twenty, right? But yeah, yeah. at the end of the day, uh, I am happy though. Quite a bit of the, you know, there were quite a few things that were able to be salvaged, including that blending tank that I moved to the back. So that's good. I don't want to tell the guys from KCBC yet. Keep them on edge. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, they're listening. But um, and I'd be excited to see what what you do with the cool ship this spring too. Yeah, it's be you know it's a slightly different location. You know, uh, I'd be interested to see, very, at the very least, with a different brew system. And, uh, you know, it's funny why well, I had to, like, triple batch on the three-barrel just to fill our cool ship, which is ironic. But uh, it'll be cool, nonetheless. Well, intended. You, you guys are amazing, and the, the people that rallied around you are amazing. Uh, we're going to take another short break. and we come back, we're going to talk about the, the next steps of, of rebuilding your brewery on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Today's program was brought to you by Roth Cheese, a pioneer in the U.S. specialty cheese movement. Roth is in its 25th year of making specialty cheese in the rolling hills of southern Wisconsin. With strong Swiss heritage, Roth is best known for its award-winning alpine-style cheeses under the name Grand Cru. Fresh Wisconsin milk combined with expertise and affinage is how Roth creates high-quality, great-tasting cheese year after year. In 2016, hard work paid off when out of over 2,000 contenders, Roth Grand Cru Sirchois was named world champion at the World Cheese Championship. For more information, visit RothCheese.com. Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. 
There's been a lot of uh, things going on in New York. Uh, fires uh, upstate, Common Roots Brewery. Um, friend uh, Pitmaster died, Pig Beach, NYC, last year, and there was a big fundraiser this week. So everybody's, everybody's using GoFundMe. GoFundMe seems to be a way for a lot of people to rally their communities and and raise funds and, and support Common Roots Brewery. They have a GoFundMe up. Uh, Christian, one thing that's amazing that you've talked about paying your staff and their health benefits through this time that you've been closed, that is kind of unbelievable. Um, do, do you want to just tell me wh- why that was so important to you guys? Well, I most mean, people it's... would just say, screw you guys, we're closed, and who knows what we can do. Well, I, I don't know it. what... I don't know what we have no experience what to do with this, but one thing my father and I know is that, um, you know, commerce, it, it's our family, you know, it, the people are the most important thing M- more than a beer, you know, and we always said that it's always been about people. And, you know, while the building is burning, you know, it was like a, it was a pit in our stomachs thinking about there's, there's people who a hundred percent rely on us for health insurance and their full salaries and, you know, even down to the bartenders, we have full-time bartenders. You know, we have part-time, and they have other incomes too. But that's a that's tough. And what what do we do now? There are people who were you know committed to us, and we had committed to them to provide a you know an income and and help them in a lifestyle. So that was really tough. And and one thing that you know we just wanted to make that available to them. Like, hey, don't worry. You know, you might. We might not have a spot to go for a while, but we got you covered, and that was really important. And, you know, to, to give a shout-out to how close we are is, you know, not only did the beer industry and, and John and, and friends really step up and, and help us out in so many ways, but, you know, we have a pretty big alumni now of Common Roots, of former employees, and there is, you know, a group of them that I have to imagine within that night that stepped up, and within a day... They were already gathering together, and they formed this rally for the roots. The thing that honestly had nothing to do with my father and I, that they just told us one to show up and have a beer. But they created this whole, you know, organization of fundraising to help provide for the staff and and you know and the, the rest of the company, and it was amazing. And it was it was it was largely led by former um, staff and current staff and just friends of the brewery, and that was just such an amazing such an amazing thing i've just never i just never could imagine that and i think it really just shows that we know we know we know that my father and i always said that common roots was a brewery that the community built and we did we relied on his friends and and our family and so many people to come together to physically build the brewery and rely on my uncle as an accountant and all these different aspects but now we have to rebuild and it's certainly the brewery that the community rebuilt because so many people have come together now and it's it's just i mean humbled is the only word i think we can really you know come back to you but um let's let's talk about that so you're going to reopen and we're going to start getting people excited about it um and you brought a friend who's uh, actually your girlfriend but she works in the the equipment supply so tell us what you do melanie because you're also part of that community up there you're a local uh beer equipment supplier yeah um thanks for having me um so Melanie? Melanie, Fraunhofer, Fraunhofer Design, but more importantly than that, friends of the Webbers. Um, our families have been friends for a long time. Um, my parents started a business almost 40 years ago, just 20 minutes away uh, in Argyle, New York, uh, really close to Common Roots. And 
it may be 20 minute drive, but we're a really small community and we've supported each other throughout the years in different ways. But in times like this and tragedy, uh, it just shows even more how much our community really is family. Um, and it's been a pleasure working with the Webbers and the entire Common Roots team for, for years now. Um, and to be able to join forces together like this and help them rebuild is, is honestly our pleasure and, and our honor. And it, it doesn't even take more than a T- second. Tell me about your company, because we've heard about, you know, large brewery equipment makers in Canada that go bankrupt. But I haven't really heard a lot about local regional equipment suppliers. What do you guys make and what do you guys sell? Sure. So we are a um, 40-year-old machining and fabricating center at the core of it, uh, Fraunhofer Tool. Fraunhofer Design, where uh, my team comes into play, is a design firm that when, actually when Common Roots started uh, and asked us, hey, you guys are in stainless steel, can you come check out some stuff? Um, we had a lot of distilleries and breweries opening in upstate New York. Uh, we're kind of looking for some way to do they bought their resources local, and they their customer base was local. Why not get some of your equipment local? So we actually uh, turned what, what did you use to make? So you, you obviously started making brewery and distilling equipment more recently. Yeah, so we're, we're a job shop, um, a lot in the pulp and paper industry, um, and it's all custom work. Uh, so it's, it, it was a really easy transition over to brewing equipment to make custom work. All Christian had to do in the beginning was say, this is what I need. This is how, what kind of product it has to put out. And we, my team of uh, designers and engineers went to work. Um, and from there, it's grown. And now we're all over the country. But we really, truly focus on our local brewing, distilling, um, craft beverage makers um, because we're a small business. And we're here to help our local community more than anything. Hey. Well, I mean, it kind of started, you know, it's, it's funny because uh, Mel's brother and I are also very close. And uh, and this is before Mel and I were dating, which is a whole other thing. But uh, it's public. It's public. It happened <laughs> on the radio. But anyway, uh, <laughs> we uh, no, we, we had uh, initially our brew system wasn't from them. And uh, we had just opened. And uh, like, like Melanie mentioned, that, that their company has been working in the, the stainless you know, uh, steel industry for a long time, mainly servicing uh, the paper mill industry and whatnot. I needed some stainless steel worked on on our mash ton. There was an adjustment, as Matt, as uh, John knows. You know, you, st- you get a new piece of equipment. There's still something you want to adjust on it. And having no welding background or engineering background, I, I called a brother. We you know rode bikes together and we're friends, um, knowing that they could do the work. And while he was in our brewery with an engineer and a welder kind of looking at the job, he looked at one of our 20-barrel fermenters at the time and was like, well, what does that go for? And I, I was like, well, you know. And, you know, next thing I know it, like 15 weeks later, he had built us a 20-barrel fermenter. And from there, it just took off. And we needed five more. Then we wanted 60s. And he's like, hey, hey, uh, you guys used uh, Ironheart canning. You know, Brian Cass and everything was there. Uh, he's like, how's that canning line work? And I'm like, well, <laughs> turns out we're looking for a canning line. And... Two years later, they built what I think is a world-class canning line, and you know, well, wonderful. it's it's. I'm gonna sidestep. Where for me, this has been an argument for years that brewing industry, distilling industries, impact a lot more than just just beer and hops. So it's great to hear that there's a local company that that's growing through this. Yeah, thanks. We're um we're beyond excited about this opportunity that we've been given the privilege to kind of enter into this industry without a lot of knowledge about brewing, but a lot of 
knowledge about the fabricating and well, the people need and, need the skills from welding to refrigeration to metal work and we're you to know make all these breweries right we're in a small town so the more jobs we can create the better and um, we're really big supporters like Christian and his dad are of the trades and it's been really nice to bring this exciting industry to our community and you know I know our guys in the fab shop are excited about welding brewery tanks more than they are about some screens and and although they love to do it all it's really cool. you can be 18 and work in the industry right? Yeah absolutely. (laughs) Not 21. So John in in the city Big Alice I mean you guys just reopened in uh, you opened your second location in Industry City in Brooklyn but have you guys ever had the, the challenge of finding craftspeople in New York City that can actually make stuff and fix stuff? We, I mean, we haven't had the need for it yet. I mean, going back to what Christian said, I can name about eight things I want to change on our match ton right now. <laughs> but uh, I know uh, we always get blasts out from, like, the Brewers Guild and stuff like that. Someone's always looking for a welder or a machinist or something like that to fix something. And, and usually it's one brewery who knows a guy. But, yeah, it's not... That's super common from from what I understand. But, Melanie, do you guys feel like what you're doing is unique in the the region? Absolutely. So there's not a lot of manufacturers who are New York State-based, not even a lot that are U.S.-based in in the grand scheme of things. And, you know, when breweries have a tank go down or something on their brew house go down, they need it fixed that night. They don't necessarily need it fixed in a week. Um, Everyone's a small business here, uh, for the most part, our customers and ourselves. And so that's kind of where our niche has been. Like, we can, we can, you can get me on my cell phone on Saturday night and we have someone there on Sunday morning, kind of a thing. So I bet as Common Roots rebuilds, I bet you guys are helping out a lot, aren't you? Yeah, in, uh, in a lot of ways, you know, the Webbers have done a lot for us as a family, as a business, and we're happy to give back in any way we can. So we already had a 30 barrel system in the works, and hopefully we'll just get it to them a little bit faster now. But as Christian mentioned, they are going to be brewing on that three barrel system uh, that survived the fire, and uh, we're very thankful for that. Uh, so that'll be fun that they get to use what used to be their robust pilot system in a, in a much more... Uh, in a bigger and more important way, and they'll put it to the test for us. <laughs> and Kristen, are you, are you, you must already be planning out what, so to rebuild that site, sure. but what are you going to do? Yeah, so, you know, it, there's a silver lining in everything here. So we were actually just starting a two-phase expansion project. Um, we had already dug the foundation. Uh, they had the, they were actually literally pouring the, uh, the footings the next day, the, you know, before the brewery burnt of our taproom expansion uh, we had purchased a property next door, and we're getting ready to blow out the the brewery to, to put another wing on. And Melanie's crew was already uh, designing a 30-barrel uh, brew house and some more uh, fermentation capacity for us. And, you know, in hindsight, I'm kind of happy it was a little bit delayed for some other reasons. Um, it, it very well could have been already done, <laughs> which would have been terrible that the whole thing burnt. Uh, so in some ways, you know, delays helped us, you know, not burn down a brand-new expansion. Uh, it also allowed us to get some of our engineering and, and decision-making work done with the front offer crew before we, um, you know, was all ready to go, which is nice. But uh, we are, unfortunately, the building is totaled. So we are planning to um, demo the whole building as well as the building next door to us. So we're going to kind of start from scratch uh, and, and I, I suppose uh, factor in a little bit of expansion as well in terms of capacity. Some of those things were already in the, the pipeline, but... Um, you know, it's not necessarily how we wanted to grow our brand and grow our, our brewery, but, you know, having been around for five years now, it was a, you know, there are certainly things as much as I love the old brewery, <laughs> there are, and there are certainly things that we would have done differently. If we had a second chance at, you know, plumbing something else or, 
putting floor drains somewhere else. Uh, so I, I feel like there's a silver line that we get to kind of do things. We have a little bit more experience now to, to kind of do it how we wanted to. And, um, you know, like I said, it's I'll, I'll miss the old the old space because it was uh, about as nostalgic as it gets. But there is a silver lining, I suppose, and that's how you look at it. But, yeah. A general question I have, I always want to know, when, when you do get a new system, like you're going to go back to this three-barrel system, you've worked on that before, so you kind of know it. So we were, we actually really didn't know, and that's what's exciting right now. So we were brewing 20 and 60-barrel batches. Uh, we had just gotten this in the fall, delivered this three-barrel system. We maybe brewed three or four times on it, and we really liked it but didn't necessarily have the time because we were so production-focused to brew as much pilot batches as we wanted to. And I think that was disappointing because, you know, when we initially spoke with Fronifer, it was a it was a, something that we didn't want to lose as we upgraded in, in capacity. We didn't want to lose that experimental side. So having this smaller system was important for us to have. But it was also the easiest system for us to kind of brush to the side. So now, the, you know, again, going back to Silver Lining, now we have, that's the only thing we can brew on. And it is exciting because we, we don't have to brew any production beers. We don't have to keep any core brand beers out. All we can do is just brew kind of fun stuff that all the brewers and all of us kind of want to brew anyway. And the silver lining of this is that I got to meet Melanie, and I didn't know, well, because I didn't know about this regional uh, brewery equipment company. What's the name of your company again? Fraunhofer Design. Fraunhofer Design. So you're, you're, you're servicing a number of other breweries and distilleries. Yep, mostly local, but all across the country for the most part. So we got a resource we didn't even know about. There you go. <laughs> and then John with Big House, you guys are behind the, the Kindred Roots Project. Yeah. There's a festival May 4th at Single Cut North up by Albany. Yep, Clifton Park. Um, what else, anything else you want to say about you know your friends here from Common Roots Brewery? I think, your experience yeah so listen to christian talk and stuff like that and, and talking about rebuilding and stuff like that i think that one of the biggest things that that uh our other brewer dom and i took away was the next morning we stopped by the site just to kind of see if anyone was around see if we could do anything to just help before we headed back to new york city and uh, a friend of the my friend of the family a lawyer was there on, on site and uh talked to him for a few minutes and, and he expressed how he was already on the phone with insurance and architects and everything, and they were ready to go the next morning, just ready to rebuild and not look back and move forward. And um, it's been really awesome to see kind of this community rally around them and to see these guys so focused on coming out of this stronger and better than before. And uh, we're all excited to see what's to come for these yeah, guys. So South Glen Falls, New York, was it a volunteer fire department? It was, but I think probably every fire department in the region came. Um, and I can't thank them enough because they, they all were safe and, you know, it was an, it's an old building and it had, you know, I can't, I, I don't know enough about fire, but I can't imagine, you know, as an old building goes up, you know, the dangers that are associated with that. So the fact I, I know that it's crazy to mention, but we, you know, yesterday, Notre Dame and Paris burned the same yep. thing, old wood roof and, uh, yep. some little spark took, took the whole thing. But, um, and last thing, do you have a mayor in your town? We do, yeah. What's it's his a, name? It's uh, Harry Gathile. And he was helpful? Uh, you know, every aspect of... You better uh, say yes. <laughs> ...has been helpful. And, and, and Harry and, and the trustees of the village, as well as the planning board, who immediately passed an occupancy change in order for us to do it. You know, every aspect of government has been helpful. And, you know, going up to the governor's office, uh, you know, uh, to our, our local congressional support... Um, you know, everyone has been just, just rallying behind this. And, you know, I, I can't tell you just 
how good that feels for, for something that I never would think that good feelings would come out of this, right? But it is. It's amazing. And I just you see what just a, a, what a community is and what it means to, to kind of all come together. And I'll t- tell you, I don't know how we can, you know, con- what we do after this, but, you know, there, there needs to be us, you know, continuing to, to pass that torch and it, it pay it forwards because it's important. So let's give another shout out up there, guys like Scott Veltman, Indian Ladder, Absolutely. Saratoga-based, what, Artisanal Brewing? Artisanal, yeah, uh, down through the Hudson Valley, uh, Plan B. And then, I mean, a, a bunch of handful of us New York City brewers, too. Just kind of looking to help you guys as much as we can. All right. Well, I'm, I'm so glad you, you came on, Christian. It's it's long overdue, but I'm glad we got to hear your story. And well, I look good forward to, beer, Jim. to trying your new beers. And, John, thank you also. Uh, we had a great we had a great show a couple months ago with uh, Kyle Hurst. Yeah, we yeah. heard the, the whole story of Big Alice, yeah. so we didn't go into that. But look back <laughs> a few episodes, and there's the, the backstory on Big Alice, which has really been growing a lot you're now open a second tasting room in yep. industry city brooklyn which we're really proud about i think Thank we're going to be going there soon Come check us and out. melanie again from the design company what nice is it called you. Fraunhofer design so you, you guys make brewing brewing equipment in new york state that's right that's great to know people let's uh <laughs> keep it going we need resources we need people that can weld and do other things so keep it all going so guys thanks for joining me here uh once again thank you christian melanie and john for joining me here on the heritage radio network shout out to our producers uh justin kennedy engineer matt patterson intern assistant producer uh aliyah papes i'm jimmy carboni the host thanks for joining me we'll catch you next time on beer sessions radio all right woo Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.